The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. 2017 is going to be a volatile economic year. We may see politicians throughout the world attempting to control central bank policies. Several renowned financial analysts have warned that political interference in central bank policies may mean our economic misses of inflation and growth targets. Gold is an international currency that can't be issued or controlled by governments. If you don't have the only hard currency that has outlasted every politician and every failed idea of governments for centuries, you need to speak to Goldline right now and learn how easy it is to add gold to your portfolio or IRA. Now is the time to diversify your financial portfolio by adding gold. Call 1-800-913-GOLD. Buying real gold is easy and fast at Goldline. And you're going to be happy that you finally made the call. 1-800-913-4653. Goldline also offers price protection against short-term market fluctuations on qualifying purchases. So buy with confidence. Read Goldline's important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. Call Goldline. 1-800-913-4653. You're listening to Pure Opelka. This is Pure Opelka. With Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Well, 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 it's Friday. You made it to Friday. Thank you for being here. I, I, hope, I hope you guys are ready for a little bit of fun, a little bit of serious, and a, a little bit of, you know, all-out silliness as well. And there, I found some stupid stuff that we need to reach out and smack somebody. Okay, what to get to first? Um, you know, Maxine Waters, she'll be in the news with us at the bottom of the hour. Some really interesting stuff. Um, I have to open the show. Well, I want to first remind you, 888 that's the phone number. The phones are open. At Stunt Brain is the Twitter. Join the conversation as we go through the big stories today. But I want to start off uh, addressing something that I attempted to get a comment from Kathy Griffin and her attorney, Lisa Bloom, her attorney. That's right, attorney. Kathy Griffin holding a press conference with Lisa Bloom at this moment. Um why? You're saying why? She already apologized. Shouldn't she just go away? Well, that's what most brand managers would tell you. You've apologized. Now, just lay low for a while. Maybe show up at a food bank or two or, or do something that shows that you're, you're, uh, you're sorry. You're really sorry. Well, I don't think she is sorry. And here's why. The press release from the Bloom Firm came out late yesterday saying comedian Kathy Griffin and her attorney Lisa Bloom to hold a press conference tomorrow, meaning today. It's going on right now, as I said, uh, at, at the offices of the Bloom firm in uh, Woodland Hills, California. I reached out to Ms. Bloom's assistant, Marcelino, to see if we could have a just a brief conversation since I'm not in California. Thank God. And I would like to ask a question because the the press release reads earlier this week miss griffin released a controversial photograph of herself posing with a faux bloody mask of donald trump's face miss griffin and miss bloom will explain the true motivation behind the image and respond to everybody ready for this everybody sitting down 
the bullying from the Trump family she has endured. The bullying from the Trump family that she has endured. Kathy Griffin just dropped the victim card and now she has Lisa Bloom, celebrity attorney, to attempt to defend or, or bring some, some clarity to this. Here's the problem I have with, uh, with this Kathy Griffin thing and trying to play the victim. It was back in December of, of last year, December 9th. So you're talking like six months ago, not even, not quite six months ago. A story was posted on Vulture.com about Kathy Griffin. And this was Kathy Griffin declaring comedy should go all out on, quote, I'm quoting her language here, President piece of S, Donald Trump. Comedy should go all out on President piece of S, and she used the whole word, shave and cream, Donald Trump. The story on Vulture talks about the, the fact that a lot of comics were asking themselves the question, what should comedy look like during the Trump presidency? I thought we already knew with what SNL was doing. There was kind of unfettered attack on Trump through the Alec Baldwin impressions and the impressions of uh, both Kellyanne Conway and Scotty Nell Hughes. Anybody associated with Trump was mocked. They had Putin in there. So we kind of had an idea where comedy was going. But Kathy Griffin wanted to ask the question. She said in this interview, and I'm quoting Kathy Griffin from the interview from Vulture, now more than ever, we must absolutely go for all the absurdities. We must go for all the absurdities, she said, adding, quote, for me, that's Trump and all things Trump. It's not about trying to be an equal opportunity offender anymore because Hillary got such a beatdown. It's his turn. So I'm happy to deliver a beatdown to Donald Trump and also to Barron. You get that? So I'm happy to deliver a beatdown to Donald Trump and also to Barron. Kathy Griffin's quoted interview continues when she says, You know, a lot of comics are going to go hard for Donald. My edge is that I'll go direct for Barron. I'm going to get in ahead of the game. So, and that's a close quote there. there. There's another statement from her. But here it is. In December, Kathy Griffin laid it out. She was not just going to go after Trump, who she called president piece of... Mm -hmm. But she was also going to go after the president's son, a child. At the time he was 10, he's just turned 11 recently. It's Kathy Griffin jumping in the same sinking ship as Rosie O'Donnell, who asked if Baron Trump was on the autism spectrum, and then she found out just how politically incorrect that was. People weren't upset that she went after the president, but you're not allowed to make fun of anybody with autism. So Rosie found out where that line was, and she had to apologize. And Kathy Griffin found out that uh, beheading the president has a line. 
but apparently she was preparing to go after Baron Trump. Or maybe this was part of it. We heard the story that that she was uh, that the, the photo was seen by Baron, and he thought perhaps his father had been murdered. That he was terrified of that. Kathy Griffin added to her interview that was featured on Vulture in December of 2016, just six months ago, after saying, quote, after the beatdown he gave her, meaning Hillary, she can say whatever she wants to, to that piece of, hmm. Griffin stopped and corrected herself, saying, oh, that's president piece of shaving cream. That's a quote. So if you want to know about Kathy Griffin and you want to know about bullying, all you have to do is know about the woman who was planning to bully a young man who, who at the time was 10 years old, a young man who had done nothing to solicit this, a young man who just was doing what every child is supposed to do, and that's grow up and live your life and be happy as a child. But no, she was going to be the subject of attack from some very wealthy, well-to-do liberals who decided that they were wronged because their candidate didn't win the election. So what they were going to do was take some collateral damage of the president's child with them in their anger. Burn it down. Let's go back to what Kathy Griffin said. For me, that's, that's Trump and all things Trump. It's not about trying to be an equal opportunity offender anymore because Hillary got such a beat down. It's his turn. You know, I, I respect this because growing up in New York in my 30s and 40s, I was taught what we don't win on the court, we take back in the parking lot. That's the same kind of thug attitude. This story, I wonder if anyone at the press conference today, we'll have the cojones, the pelotes, the stones to bring up this story, to bring up this declaration that was made by Ms. Griffin months ago. Kathy Griffin pointing out that she was going to go after Baron Trump. She was going to take it on. What a brave weasel you are. What a shameless, brave weasel you are, Kathy Griffin. It's unbelievable. And I hope somebody brings it up at the press conference. Uh, we're a little busy here, otherwise we would have done that. But I, I did put a call in, as I said, to Marcelino, the guy who is the keeper for, uh, for Kathy Griffin's lawyer, Lisa Bloom. Uh, there may be some clips coming out of that. It's it's a little a little frightening. Bloom apparently said Griffin never imagined people would think her Trump photo was violent. Yeah, a, a photo of the president's head dripping with blood. People never would have thought it was violent, right? Never. She lost her New Year's Eve gig. She lost her gig at the New Mexico Casino off Route 66 or wherever it is. Maybe it's Casino 66. And now, now she's lost, everyone laugh along with me, her squatty potty contract. So she's being bullied 
I'm hearing that maybe she mentioned something about uh, the Secret Service bullying her. It's really bizarre, isn't it? Really bizarre. And um, <clears throat> looking for the protection that an artist expects to get. I guess, I guess Lisa Bloom is going to say Kathy Griffin is no longer a comic. She's an artist. And that her work, her and I'm using air quotes here, her work showing the beheaded president, that work, well, that should um, qualify in the same kind of artistic area as uh, the famous Piss Christ, the Jesus inside what was supposed to be a jar, a jar of urine. Do you remember that one? And, and the artist claimed, oh, well, it's, it's art, it's interpretation. Kathy Griffin looking for the shelter of, of art instead of the logical offense from people who saw what she did and are thinking individuals. I guess when Jim Carrey defends you, it's okay. But now Kathy Griffin is, is saying that she's been bullied by the Trump administration. I just want to be clear on this. And I know I've started the show not raging about the climate deal and the way the left has its hair on fire, because I think this is equally as important. We have to tell the left or anyone who's going to cross the line and go after kids of politicians that they can't do that. If a Republican did it, I'd be screaming too. Just because it's a liberal doesn't mean I'm going to be uh, any less any less angry. It's, if Republican or Democrat, I'm going to be furious if you go after the child of the president, the vice president, any one of them. So let's just let's just let Kathy Griffin know. And any, anybody who uh, hires Kathy Griffin, I'm, I'm guessing they do so at their own peril. You know, I, I, I'm trying to get Chuck Woolery on the phone. Chuck Woolery is a guy who's a conservative and is now facing some of the same attacks that, um, that Sean Hannity did to his sponsors. He's getting the, some of the same uh, letters being sent, phone calls being made to the people that hire him to do commercials. And Chuck Woolery is taking these commercials only because he's now persona non grata in Hollywood because he is a conservative. He's one of the highest ranking Q scores in the history of television. Meaning if you put a picture of Chuck Woolery in front of an audience, they give him A plus thumbs up all the time. People like Chuck Woolery. They would love to see him hosting shows, but because the liberal machine in Hollywood does not appreciate the fact that Chuck Woolery is a fan of the constitution and an outspoken conservative, his picture gets put to the bottom of the pile virtually every time. If we get him, we'll get him and he'll, he'll talk about it. But if you hear Chuck doing a commercial, I would support his products. I told him this audience would do so. I'm stepping aside for a break. When we get back, if we can get an update from the Kathy Griffin uh, press conference, we will. And then right around the corner, uh, I, we have to talk about what Maxine Waters was doing last night. And it involves one of our Blaze colleagues, Brandon Morse, a guy we've had on the show in the past. Uh, we'll deal with that after the break on Pure Opelka. 
You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You know, they say one of the great qualities an actor needs to have is the ability to cry on command, to uh, make yourself cry. Some people use the glycerin tears. It appears that Kathy Griffin has the skill. These crocodile tears were just caught during the press conference when she got all emotional talking about the photo. I guess she forgot about December when she called the president a piece of shizzle. When she talked about wanting to go after the president's then 10-year-old son, naming him in her declaration of wanting to go over the edge and go after the president. Here is Kathy Griffin, a, a woman who is now facing a lack of income because of her actions. She's actually taking responsibility for her words, but she can't accept the end result that the companies who she used to get money from don't want to be in business with her. CNN, wrong. Squatty Potty doesn't. When somebody who's, whose company name is Squatty Potty doesn't want you, you know you've got a problem. Here's Kathy Griffin getting all emotional about what she wants to do. She neglects to mention in here that she wants to go after 10-year-old Baron Trump. So maddening. It's absolutely maddening that Kathy Griffin wants to attack the son of the president. Barely I'm sorry. Here taste, she is. Frankly. <laughs> uh, on a good day, I'm an acquired taste. But honestly, my whole career, I'm 56 years old. I'm 110 pounds wet. I've had everybody turn on me. And I just want to make people laugh. That's all I want to do. So I screwed up. But I want the gay guy who came to see me in Lake Charles, Louisiana a few weeks ago, who said, I wanted to come here because I'm scared to come out. But I get to come here and laugh for two hours. Uh, that's what I'm telling you. That's why I'm here. It's, it's honestly, it's not for me. It's for them. I think a few people might actually be watching me and I want them to see this old dame. I'm not laying down for this guy. I'm going to make fun of him. I'm going to make jokes about him and the housewives and Kardashians. But, you know, he does provide a lot of material. I mean, you got to be honest. He really, it's a good time to be a comedian. It's scary to be a citizen, but it's a good time to be a comedian. And it's, it's a bad time to be the son of the president when comedians decide that you're fair game. It really is a shame that nobody in that room has brought up this, this statement that she wants to go after the president. You're always allowed to make fun of the president. You're always, it's always okay. It's free speech, but it's hands off the kids. I guess she wouldn't know. She's not a parent. I'm not a parent and I still figured it out. The only person laughing in this press conference, at least from what I've seen of the of the clips posted, the only person laughing is the lawyer. It's like Lisa Bloom's got her own private Kathy Griffin show. Well, she'll be able to have that for some time, I guess, because uh, not too many 
dates on the calendar. Oh, there is one. There is one because let's not forget Al Franken has said he's not bailing out. He's going to stand by Kathy. It's really frightening. This is really frightening. And I do want to know where the, where the hell the media is. And if Lisa Bloom dares to call in, keep an eye out, Dallas. I gave them the hotline. If Lisa Bloom dares to call in, we'll ask her the question. We'll ask her about Barron. And will there be an apology to Barron Trump? It's really, really insulting and really irritating. I'm stepping aside for a break. When we come back, uh, Brandon Morse is going to join us. Brandon Morse from TheBlaze.com. He covers a lot of different things. But uh, he got caught up in something to do with Maxine Waters last night. And I think he got a shout-out from Maxine. She didn't think it was good. I thought it was priceless. We'll get to that next on Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. On the Blaze Radio Network. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-803-6951. You're listening to Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Yes, you are. And you're also listening to your Auntie Max. And I believe this president should be impeached. I don't care uh, what others say about it's too soon. We don't know. We think. I think that they're letting the American public down by not delving deeper into what is going on with Jerry Kushner and this back-channeling about the lies and his failure to disclose that he had had these meetings. The mm-hmm. same thing with Sessions, failure to disclose about the meetings. What more do we need? I'll tell you what more we need. We need more Maxine Waters. We need to stay woke about Maxine Waters. And uh, to help me do that, uh, my buddy, our, our colleague, over at theblaze.com, Brandon Morse joins us. You've seen him. You've seen him on TV. You've seen him with uh, Dana Lash. Hello, Brandon. How you doing, my friend? Not bad. How are you? I'm good, but, uh, you know, I have you on an alert. Mm-hmm. You oh, know, no, you so, do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't I got even have you myself on alert. <laughs> yeah, I, I got you on an alert. I'm keeping an eye on you, mister. And <laughs> w- what the hell happened with you? And Maxine Waters yesterday? Well, I mean, the truth of it is nothing actually happened with Maxine Waters and me. It was a parody account. It was a Poe account. If, if your audience doesn't know what a Poe is, it's when something uh, mimics a real-life thing so well that it actually uh, fools people into thinking it is actually the real deal. So a Twitter what? account that uh, mimicked Maxine Waters. I first saw it when Dana uh, responded to it thinking because she thought it was the real Maxine Waters, too. Um, but it was a crazy tweet about um, how uh, about climate justice or, or, or something of that nature, and I just thought it was so silly 
that I decided to kind of comment on it too, but I quickly realized it was a, it was a Poe, so I, I deleted the tweet. <laughs> they took a screenshot of it before I could actually delete it, but it's okay. I, I like to, I can admit when a good Poe is a good Poe, you know, I, I, I don't care about that. Uh, Maxine, the, the point of it is, is that Maxine Waters is so insane that you can actually believe almost any parody account when they try to mimic her, even no, no matter how extreme that mimicry is. Well, first of all, let me applaud you for uh, being honest enough to admit when you got caught on a, on a Poe account. Right. It's hap- I think it's happened to all of us. Yeah. Uh, there was a, some Democratic candidate got caught with the, the one that I would think everybody knows about by now is the Sean Spicier account <laughs> that and there's another one that's like a north korean press account that yeah. catches everybody oh yeah so there was a there was a donald trump one floating around for a while you'll remember that uh two of the best ones i thought were uh accounts that mocked vox.com and i think either it was salon salon and vox had uh two parody accounts attached to them and i mean like they would just spout off some of the most insane stuff but people really bought it, and Twitter eventually had to shut them down because it was bad for business. The funny part is, is that even when it comes to Salon.com, their uh, actual stuff, the real stuff they release, um, got even more insane than the stuff that, that, that the parody account was tweeting about. You'll recall Salon.com was all about uh, promoting pedophilia. They were, they were making excuses for pedophilia. Oh, yeah. And you know? I thought that was a parody when I first saw that story. Yeah. Nope. I was like, it was real. This can't be real. Yeah. <laughs> no. This, this absolutely cannot be real, and yet there it is. Yeah. Now, but- uh, this show regularly taunts Maxine Waters just Good. because we find Auntie Max to be very entertaining. Yeah. Even even if she's not a um, uh, a Poe account worthy candidate or person, I, but- I feel like Maxine Waters is a Poe account that just managed to get elected to office. <laughs> for like 27 years exactly or, <laughs> i mean you know you know what you know what you bring up a really good point maybe mm-hmm. we should look into that because yeah she's passed what three bills in the entire time she's been in office i mean i i don't even know i don't I've, i don't ever i've never actually had to research any kind of bills she passed her insanity just eclipses everything else that she's i mean i can remember uh when she first came on to the scene and i think it was back in either 2008 or 2009 yeah i think it was 2009 and uh maxine waters was uh saying to a a a uh uh Oh man, who was it? a CEO? I think of a gas company or something like that. That she wanted basically to have the government take over all companies. This yeah. liberal is going to be about yeah. socializing, uh, taking over. Yeah. Um, um, <laughs> we will uh, take over all your companies. Basically taking over and the government running all your company. Yeah, that yeah. that was her like back in the day. But I mean, like, and and, and she kind of went silent after that for a little bit. Uh, but then she kind of popped back up with the Russia thing. I mean, she has gone absolutely insane with the. But here's the funny part about that. I mean, she will engage in any conspiracy theory you can throw at her. However, Maxine Waters, if asked, is there any proof, will openly say no. No, she said she has seen zero proof on collusion. Yeah. She has seen zero proof. And, you know, she, as somebody who was accused. Mm-hmm. Of, of serious wrongdoing right. and managed to get out of any kind of trouble because I think her husband made a fortune mm-hmm. uh, on on some bank deals a few years ago mm-hmm. and she got uh, a reprimand but she didn't get 
censured, I guess, by the House. Mm -hmm. I I don't know how she can't see how ridiculous she is in her own life. And I don't know how she keeps getting reelected. I don't either. But I mean, she is from California. So that's got to explain something. You know what's funny, though, is that uh, for all her uh, bloviating about Trump's connections to Russia, did you know that she has some connections of her own? I did not know this. Please yeah. share. It is absolutely true. So Maxine Waters is very good friends with a organization called the World Workers Party. Have you ever heard of them? It sounds like a real free-thinking capitalist bunch yeah. of people. <laughs> right. No, they, they totally are, except the exact opposite. And okay. uh, so, okay. so, no, um, you know, they, they uh, are regularly quoted by Russia Today, RT, uh, which is basically a propaganda arm for the Kremlin. Um, yeah. They uh, answer, they, their, their whole entire platform is they're entirely pro-communist. They, they love Russia, uh, specifically back when it was the, uh, you know, the Soviet Russia. They love Vladimir Putin. But the funny part is, is that they actually have Maxine Waters take part in some of their rallies and speak at their events. And uh, they, they have some serious uh, pro-Russia stances. If, if they are connected to RT, if they do have the ear of RT, then they are, in a way, connected to the Kremlin. All right? So if Maxine Waters is actually getting buddy-buddy with the World Workers' Party who is in bed with RT, who is in bed with the Kremlin, then there is way more evidence of Maxine Waters being connected to Russia than Trump. Well, why isn't this? Have you done this story on the on the blaze yet? Yes, I have. In fact, I'm looking at it right now. Okay, because uh, <laughs> I I've got your page up. If you want to see what what Brandon's up to, you can either follow him on Twitter at the Brandon Morse, mm-hmm. and that's Morse like Morse can, code. And yes, like in Morse code. Yeah. Or you can actually go to the blaze and find all of his stuff. And if you click on his name in one story or another, it brings you to Brandon's page, which you should follow him. You've got. Can we do something about your Blaze followers? My Blaze followers? Yeah. Do you go to your... Have you been to the Brandon Morse page? Uh, You know what? I very rarely visit it, to be honest with you. I I could use more followers on the Blaze. Why not? Yeah, because then people would automatically get pinged when when you get a story. And you've got got great stories just in the last week. So, you know, people. Yeah. People. Go to theblaze.com. And when you when you get to theblaze.com, do slash author slash b morse m o r s e, and just click the follow button. Let's throw him throw him a freaking bone, people. <laughs> throw me let's, a freaking bone. That's right, exactly. Because you know, I I follow your stuff because I think you catch stuff that like the, your story on why the major networks are ignoring socialism impact mm. on the Venezuelan crisis was driving me crazy this morning. Yeah, you know, I mean it's 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 so funny that this is one of the biggest revolutions that is happening in the world today, but you'll notice that instead, you know, it, because it is and this is my assumption that uh, since it is a socialist government that people are revolting against, the news cannot be bothered to actually talk about it. You know. Of course not. Because then we would expose the reality of socialism. Yep. yep. And people would get nervous. They would say, well, then maybe folks won't like it when we try to tell them, congratulations, yeah. you're now socialist. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, the story that you wrote in April, Maxine Waters touts Trump connections to Russia, but has some of her own, is mm-hmm. is on the blaze, and you guys should see it and read it. And uh, Can I give you a little bit of a warning, Brandon? Oh, go ahead. I'm coming to town next week. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, and I got a list. And uh oh, yeah, you're in it. You're uh, oh, it. is it? Is it? Should I be afraid, or is it like a Santa Claus list? You know, it's you're a, gonna you're gonna bring in some gifts. 
You don't know me, do you? I, 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 yeah, I, I, I feel like I, I'm gonna. <laughs> I am bringing some gifts. So anyone who pays this much gifts attention in like, to Gifts like Mex- the North Korea type gifts that they were talking about last thank week. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for picking up what a Kim Jong-un was throwing down from the skies. Spe- special gift packs. Are you, b- before we get out of here on a break, are you working on anything now that we need to be on the lookout for? Uh, well, you know what? Nancy Pelosi has just brought up the fact that uh, not joining up with the uh, Paris Climate Agreement is dishonoring God. So it's funny. They can boo God when they don't need him. But whenever they do need him, they use him as a representative of the Democratic Party. That, that's, that's their thing. It's dishonoring God. Dishonoring well, God. And we're back to global warming, because by the way. We we know her favorite word is the word. The word, which is not. Do you not, remember that? It, it's not bird. I, I'm assuming. But you, there was a religious. Uh, she was speaking to yeah. a bunch of, I think, Catholics, and somebody said, "What's your favorite word?" And she goes, uh, "Well, uh, 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 the, my yeah. favorite word is is the word. It's the word. <laughs> it's the word. It's the yeah. Word. It's great, great stuff. Well, we'll so uh, anyone who's going after Maxine Waters and Nancy Pelosi, that's mm-hmm. uh, you're. You've already got two in the tank for me. I appreciate it. Uh, no Brandon problem Morse, at all. Thank you. Thank you, my friend. Watch out for those accounts, those crazy fake Poe accounts. Yep. Uh, you, you know what? It's, it's, it's kind of hard when they're so accurately portraying the Democrats' insanity. It was so perfect. Well done. But I appreciate you being here, and I'll see you next week in person. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you. There he goes. Follow him on Twitter and follow him on The Blaze. You know, he's, he's a good dude, and, and he's very clever. Brandon Morse, like the code, he said, at the Brandon Morse on Twitter. We'll be back after a break. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back. Before we went away, we were talking to Brandon Morse. And as that was going on, Lisa Bloom, uh, the lawyer, and her client, Kathy Griffin, were holding their press conference and they were taking questions. And oddly enough, the first question asked was a, a question about the Baron Trump statement from december and this happened as we were talking to brandon so i missed it i just caught this and dallas i have no idea if there's any cursing in this one i don't think there is but be ready on the dump button just in case thank you um in uh, december 9th short, short, uh, reporter shira levine sorry Hi. quoted you as saying that you were happy to deliver a beat down to donald trump and also to Barron, and that you quote wanted to go down hard on donald and go direct for Baron Trump. When is this quote so from? So this is a quote. Yeah, I've said that in my act. Okay. Yeah. She said that in her act. So she years, admits, years ago. So you admitted you're going after Baron Trump. Is no. that what this is all about? How is she too? going after I think, Baron I think Trump. a comic should be able to make fun of everybody. Like, I, said, I, make... I apologize. My question was for Lisa. Oh. So oh. Uh, are you aware that your client is trying to go after Baron Trump? Okay. So that's a ridiculous, misleading question. And no, she hasn't said a single word here today about Baron. You're talking about something from a comedy act from years ago, I think. And let me talk about, let me talk about this issue of children. Okay, 
We can have edgy comics in America. Comics can say things that are not appropriate for children. Comics can create images that are not appropriate for children. Many things on the news are not appropriate for children. I'm a parent of two adult children God and a teenage them. foster son. It is my job as a parent to filter out what is appropriate for my children. It is not the job of a comic to filter everything down to the level of an 11-year-old. She gets to make the comedy and the art that she wants to make, and the parents decide what's appropriate so for children. Up, you think every no, news we organization have a, we can, can block out. Uh, Trump can block out every news organization tweeting out this photo. You know what? There's a lot of disgusting stuff about Trump on the news every day, like the fact that he's making us the laughing stock of the so world. Why did she go after? Barry? She can't. She can't handle it. Lisa Bloom cannot handle this. First of all, she incorrectly identified the comment as being from years ago. Uh, Donald Trump was not president years ago. Donald Trump's son wasn't known to the general public years ago. Kathy Griffin stood silently and let Lisa Bloom spew inaccurate fake news. That's right, fake news. This is this was just a mess. This was and and why would you jump in and try and handle that question if you you're not properly versed on it? The guy was trying to at least get the get the right information out there. Uh, Kathy Griffin came out later, and I feel this is like she's she's believing she's not winning at this press conference. There's a breakdown that happened later in it, and I'll I'll play it for you a little bit later. I we're almost up against the end of the first hour here. Uh, I think I truly think these are crocodile tears, unless it is true regret. But uh, you know, companies companies can choose to hire who they want. Lisa Bloom, yes, comics can say what they want, but they also have to understand that words, like actions, have consequences, especially when you're expecting someone to pay you exorbitant amounts of money in order to be able to say those things. Uh, I think this was a real fail on Kathy Griffin's uh, side of things. Real fail. We've got still a whole lot to talk about. Oh, there was a wonderful teacher and faculty and parents talent show at a school in New York I have to share with you. I have questions about Wonder Woman, big questions, and so much more. We'll be back after the news. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. This is Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka only on the Blaze Radio Network. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. It is second hour of Pure Opelka. I hope you're having a great day so far. I'm looking forward to a great weekend. It is going to be spectacular here. Spectacular. And uh, I, I'm, I'm going to freely admit I will be going out to the golfers tomorrow after the Saturday morning edition of Pure Opelka. Saturday morning, 6 a.m. to 9 a.m., we launch the Saturday of new programming on the Blaze Radio Network. I'll be here. I think Jeffy's still on vacation. Shamont would know. Is Jeffy, and you can whisper in my ear, is uh, Jeffy still on vacation this week or this weekend? In my ear, I'm hearing, yes, yes, yes. Just kidding about the whisper. 
Uh, but so uh, there'll be a classic Jeffy. But there's a brand new Pure Opelka to kick off Saturday morning. And uh, I hope you'll be here because I have a pile of things that we're trying to get to. And should be a lot of fun, especially seeing that there's uh, news coming out of Russia with the Megyn Kelly interview with Vladimir Putin, all that stuff that's crackling. Uh, I have to also find out, uh, there's a couple of stories that were uh, offshoots of yesterday's Rose Garden event uh, with the president pulling us out of the climate agreement. And while I, I'm a person who says, yeah, keep the planet healthy as much as you can, I am staunchly against turning over all of our all of our business controls and all of our governmental controls to uh, the United Nations. No, we're not doing that. This was really about cutting loose from Agenda 21. It truly is. And if you guys remember, if you go back to, I think it was uh, 2011, I will tweet out a link to the original Agenda 21 story because... Because that was the United Nations attempt to create a global network that would actually monitor and control all carbon output, all, all, all industries in every nation in the world under the guise of what they called sustainable development. This whole buzzword of sustainability started about 25 years ago with Agenda 21. And it was the UN. And there are videotapes of Republicans and predominantly Democrats going to these giant UN meetings in other parts of the world where they plotted Agenda 21. And Agenda 21 really was what, what we believe to be the George Soros-driven, the globalist-driven, push for one world government under the guise of environmental sustainability. And when the global warming thing didn't work and they came up with this climate change state and statement, that's, that's when Agenda 21 kicked into high gear. But the deal, the, the surprising deal on this is is that uh, the UN was able to keep pushing it forward, even though we had managed, we being the blaze, had managed to kick it in the teeth pretty well. The Agenda 21 story is one that won't go away. But it really was. If you listen to Donald Trump and the things he said yesterday, if you listen to Donald Trump talking about what the Paris Accord would have done, you can see the connections to Agenda 21. And you, you can actually understand that they had, they being the UN, had managed to uh, go around everyone's backs and, and put this in place. And uh, I, have a, I have a quote from the Trumpster, uh, what he was saying yesterday, a couple of them. And this is the one that um, when he first came out and said, we're, we're getting out of this deal. In order to fulfill my solemn duty to protect America and its citizens, the United States will withdraw from the Paris Climate Accord. There were a lot of people clapping. And I, I, appreciate, I appreciate the fact that there were people there supporting it.
but uh, the president talked about about us being good stewards of the earth as well. I will work to ensure that America remains the world's leader on environmental issues, but under a framework that is fair and where the burdens and responsibilities are equally shared among the many nations all around the world. And I thought that that was a key point that a lot of people missed, talking about fairness in terms of the burdens and the obligations of this agreement. The burdens are are everyone's because the globe is everyone's. Right, I get it. But not going to be distributing the the pain equally, then I really don't think that this is a fair deal. And we seem to have problems as conservatives explaining this fully, the the topic of fairness. Rand Paul was on with uh, Jake Tapper just before the president was seen in the Rose Garden. Rand Paul actually had a, a, a brief but really spirited debate with Tapper over the subject of climate change. And it was Rand Paul who I think expresses it best. I think Rand Paul needs to be out there as the president's spokesperson on this. I think this would be fantastic. Here's a little bit of Rand Paul and some of the uh, genius he brought to the subject of the climate accord and why we don't need to be in it. Well, first, you wouldn't lose six million American jobs. You know, I think one of the reasons President Trump was elected is that he promised that he would defend the American worker and defend American jobs. There are estimates that this agreement, which is unfair and punishes America in a much greater fashion than other countries, that we would lose six and a half million jobs. Meanwhile, countries like India and countries like Iran, we would have to pay them to reduce their carbon emissions. I can't imagine a worse agreement than this thing for the American worker. But I think this is something that President Trump uh, promised the voters. He was going to keep American jobs here and he wasn't going to sign crazy agreements that don't have our best interest at heart. Interesting story inside what Rand Paul said. The agreement would have had us paying India to reduce its carbon footprint, would have had us paying Iran to reduce its carbon footprint. First of all, Iran's sitting on a ton of oil. We've known that forever. Iran's also sitting on a big pile of money we gave them after Obama pushed through the Iranian nuclear agreement. So why are we paying Iran anything, anything at all? And uh, India, the jobs we outsource to India are legend. Why can't India support itself? The industrialized nations, uh, the new industrialized nations, India, uh, China, and, uh, and to some extent, I guess, Russia, because they are trying to catch up too. all of these guys are given a pass in this climate accord. And, and it's been discussed in many different uh, interviews in order to catch up to America. This agreement was going to allow people to catch up to us. That's a, a perfect example of the top down, bottom up philosophy that, that claims to be socialism, that we're going to bring the top down, that we're going to take stuff from all those people at the top and we're going to give it to all those people at the bottom. You have never been able to make poor people wealthy by making wealthy people poor. 
it just never works. So I, I appreciate Rand Paul's clarity on this. He also brought up when, when uh, Tapper was asking him about, do you believe in climate change? Well, of course, everybody believes in climate change because the climate changes. Things are always changing. Nothing is the same every single day of the year. But now that this is the big question. Do you believe in climate change? Do you believe in climate change? Of course, climate changes. No, do you believe that man is changing the climate? Well, we contribute. Of course we do. But are we the main, co- the main source of the change? No. No, that's, it's called the planet is changing. Rand Paul brought up the point that man wandered in places that are now covered with water thousands of years ago. That's just because things changed and there were no industrial uh, smoke-spewing factories 10,000 years ago. So, gee, why did the waters rise in those areas when there was, there was no question of, of uh, carbon footprints? It, uh, it does seem to bring up some pretty interesting questions, doesn't it? The redistribution of wealth was brought up by the president as well yesterday. The agreement is a massive redistribution of United States wealth to other countries. Yeah. It is. That's exactly what it would be. It is top down, bottom up. And we know that never works. There was one one really uh, weird moment in, in this. Well, there were two. Uh, the, the weird one for me, and I thought it was a total sidebar and I didn't understand why the president brought it up. Why did he talk about the tax bill? Our tax bill is moving along in Congress and I believe it's doing very well. I think a lot of people will be very pleasantly surprised. The Republicans are working very, very hard. We'd love to have support from the Democrats, but we may have to go it alone, but it's going very well. I didn't understand that. That seemed like a break from the actual topic. I I remember looking at the people in the room going, did he just bring up the, the tax bill? Why? And then the statement that got everybody, and I, a lot of people are saying this, this was badly thought out. I think Donald Trump and whoever wrote the speech knew exactly what they were doing when they put together the statement about Pittsburgh. We want fair treatment for its citizens, and we want fair treatment for our taxpayers. We don't want other leaders and other countries laughing at us anymore. And they won't be. They won't be. I was elected to represent the citizens of Pittsburgh, not Paris. He was elected to represent the citizens of Pittsburgh, despite the fact that Pittsburgh voted for Hillary Clinton. He also brought up Youngstown, Ohio, and that town also has a Democratic mayor. And I believe Youngstown also went to Hillary Clinton. I think these were very conscious decisions. The cities that the president mentioned were intentional. And for the people who said the agreement was not about Paris, why is he mentioning Paris? It's known as the Paris Climate Accord, you dolts. Cut it out. Of course, there was a response. As I mentioned, uh, Angela Merkel went all 
crazy. And uh, what would you expect out of Angela Merkel? What do you, seriously, what do you expect? Her biggest buddy in, in the world apparently is Barack Obama. He showed up a couple hours before Merkel and Trump were together. So she's not going to have anything nice to say about this. Merkel is going to use this to get reelected. She's going to slam the hell out of it. And she did. And Emmanuel Macron last night in Paris. Now, let's remember the statement came out at about four o'clock, three thirty to four o'clock yesterday. The president was speaking East Coast time. So that's what? Nine o'clock to ten o'clock in France. Not exactly late night in France. Although CNN kept saying very, the news, the news hit France very late and the French president went on national TV and spoke even though it was very late in the evening. 10 o'clock in France is like the first course of appetizers. So CNN on that topic. You are fake news. Absolutely. But Macron took to, uh, took to the cameras and he spoke in English. It was as if he was not addressing his country, but this country. I'll play you what he said, and you can decide for yourself after the break. We'll be right back on Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-803-6951. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back. And I'm feeling great today. Why? Uh, Two words. Relief factor. Relief factor. It's an all-natural anti-inflammatory that I take at breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I started it almost three months ago. And eight days into it, I started to feel a change. I felt a difference. The knees that were killing me, that had me thinking about getting knee replacements, stopped hurting. I stopped taking over-the-counter pain medication. I don't take prescription drugs. So I'm, I'm pain-free. I am uh, any kind of remedy-free. The only thing I do take is all-natural anti-inflammatory relief factor. If you have pain in your neck, your back, your knees, your hips, you should get the three-week quick start pack. That's what I started with. It's 1995. Most people see a result in seven to 10 days. Call Relief Factor, 800-500-8384, 800-500-8384. If you want more information, go to relieffactor.com. Stop waiting around. Don't wait. Start feeling great. Check out Relief Factor. Before we went away, I was talking about I was talking about Emmanuel Macron, the French president, the new guy. 
And last night he took to the television in his country to address the the withdrawal of the Americans from the the climate accord, the Paris climate accord. And this is what Macron said in English. This is not a translator. Now, let me say a few words to our American friends. It is not the future we want for our children. It is not the future we want for our world. Responsible citizens who were disappointed by the decision of the President of the United States, I call on them, come and work here with us. To work together on concrete solutions for our climate, our environment. I reaffirm clearly that the Paris Agreement remains irreversible and will be implemented not just by France, but by all the other nations. I call on you to remain confident. We will succeed because we are fully committed. Because wherever we live, whoever we are, we all share the same responsibility. Make our planet great again. I see. Thank I you. see what you did there. Make our planet great again. Emmanuel Macron basically inviting any scientist who thinks that uh, they want to work on climate change to come to France. And I hope they do. I hope they go. Good for you. God bless. Take the opportunity and go. But Macron, uh, you know the interesting thing here? It's a non-binding agreement, the, the Paris Climate Agreement. So why are we upset that we pulled out of a non-binding agreement? Why? What's the problem? But if the rest of the world's going to do their part, while America has been cleaning up its act anyway, good. Good, good for you. Try and get China to stop polluting so much. Try to, get, try to get India to stop building so many coal plants. It's not going to happen. And even Fareed Zakaria, who called this America ceding its leading position in the globe and then talked about, when asked about uh, people who might cheat on the agreement, well, every agreement has cheaters. What a defeatist attitude. No, uh, an agreement that's properly formed will not allow people to cheat. Not the case. There's so much more. We have to get into some more stuff here. Oh, and CNN's having some fun with the whole climate thing. Yeah, the, the big question of the day. Did, is, is man-made climate change a real thing? Yeah, there's a montage. I'll see if I can get it for you after the break. This is Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Part of the next generation of talk radio on the Blaze Radio Network. This is Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. On the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back. You know, we're, we've been talking about the reaction to the president's decision on climate change and the uh, 
the climate accord that we pulled out of yesterday. And in, in the middle of all that, there was some unemployment data that was released. Yesterday, there was a report that there was a spike in private hiring. And then overall, the overall uh, combined economy had 138,000 new jobs added. Now, that was actually about 50,000 fewer than were anticipated. But unemployment has fallen to 4.3%, the lowest it's been, I think they said, in in 12 years, 11 years. A very good sign. The economy, in terms of the stock market, unemployment, is doing better. Uh, economist Stephen Moore, who is uh, someone who talks to the president, actually has been saying that when he talks to employers, he's seeing uh, confidence from employers, which is a good thing. And they're saying they can't get people to fill the job openings they have, which is also actually a good sign, a good sign for uh, the economy overall. When you can't find people, that means that uh, we're on the move up. And, and you know what follows that? Salary increases. That's a really good part of it, a salary increase. So uh, hopefully we will see uh, the boss is coming in and going, hey, we're making more money. And guess what? We're going to share it with everybody. I know you're on vacation, Glenn, but just in case you're listening. So uh, good signs coming out of the um, out of the White House in terms of news on the economy. That's good stuff. Uh, we we were talking briefly about the reaction to the president uh, taking America out of the climate agreement. And the reaction not only of the the foreign governments, Germany and France to be specific, but the reaction from the media. And the media has to be careful. It it can't get it can't get too kooky on it, uh, but it can ask questions that will lead to interesting opinions being formed, right? So CNN has taken to asking the question of of uh, both Republicans uh, who will come talk to the network and to to different members of the Trump administration, whether it's Kellyanne Conway or the head of the EPA. Where where does the president stand on climate change and man's involvement with climate change? And just to show you CNN's agenda, their naked agenda, I'm going to pull back the curtain here and play this little montage. This is just within the last 20 hours on CNN. Does the president believe climate change is a hoax? This is not about whether climate change is occurring or not. Does President Trump still believe climate change is a hoax? You're gonna have to ask him. You're gonna actually have to, have to ask him. Can you say whether or not the president believes that human activity is contributing to the warming of the climate? Honestly, I haven't asked him. Okay. And get back to you. I'll ask you one more time. Does he believe global warming is a hoax? You Does should he ask him that. Kellyanne Conway. And I hope you have your chance. I, I do not speak for the president. All right, uh, first of all, Congressman, have you spoken to the president about this? Do you know if he still believes that man-made, or at least a man has a, a man and women, for that matter, have a role in climate change? Uh, that it's real. Well, I've, I've not spoken to him, but of course climate change is real. It's been going on for four and a half billion years. Well done, sir. Well done. If you notice the way the question is asked, 
has a lot of bearing on uh, what kind of agenda is being served. And uh, Donald Trump did say on the campaign trail that the climate change agenda was a hoax. And, you know, in many ways, I support that statement because I understand what the climate change gospel is trying to do. It's completely trying to take the top, which means America, and pull it down and take that bottom rung of countries and pull them up by taking away from us. It's such a naked agenda. It's right out there. So CNN, the president would have to uh, would have to say that you are indeed. You are fake news. Absolutely. The climate change question is they're going to keep asking it. So just be ready on the Sunday talk shows this week. That's what you're going to see. All right. How about how about a little good news? How about we we break uh, we break from uh, this this agenda to get into some good news. Yesterday, I was very excited about the kids, the kids who were um, lifting my spirits, the young 12 year old uh, girl, the ventriloquist who appeared on America's Got Talent and just knocked it out of the park. The story of the young girl who was overcoming her her shyness by learning how to uh, be a ventriloquist. And then she actually did the amazing performance and completely had all of us standing and uh, screaming and might, might have a little tear in my eye when I watched that performance. But we also told you about the young lady, the five-year-old kindergartner, Edith Fuller of Tulsa, Oklahoma, who made it into the national spelling bee, but she got knocked out in a preliminary round late on Wednesday Apparently, her score on the written test wasn't strong enough. She's five. How is she going to get a big score on the written test? She's five years old. What an amazing kid. She made me feel so good. And uh, she did, in spite of the fact she didn't win, for the first time in four years, the spelling bee did not have a tie. The last three years, they've... They've gone deep into the night. They've run out of words, all the stories, but they actually did not have a tie. They had a mechanism set up in case they did have a tie. But late last night, with it coming down to, I think it was like under two minutes left to go on the clock before they got to the tie-breaking round, they had two final contestants on the stage, a 14-year-old young man named Rohan Rajiv from Edmonton, Oklahoma, and a Fresno, California young lady, uh, I think it's Anna, An, Ananya Vinay, Ananya Vinay. And they were, they were competing to win the title. And the title comes with some pretty substantial prizes to it. Rohan missed his final word. So it was all down to Ananya. And the, the young lady, the 12-year-old the from Fresno, California, stood up to the stage and they gave her her word. And she apparently recognized it because she didn't ask for the origin of the word. She didn't ask for a, a correct uh, definition of the word. She didn't ask for any alternate uh, pronunciations. She just went right into it. 
And uh, apparently that familiarity uh, gave her the home run. Here are the final moments. I get a little irritated at this, though. ESPN, could you just let it happen? Do we need a color commentator going along with the spelling and trying to fill in the blanks? I wish this would have been just, just that moment, untouched. But here is the young lady and the final word. If you spell this next word correctly, we will declare you the 2017 Scripps National Spelling Bee champion, Mara Kane. It's confident initially. Mara Kane. She knows M- what it means. A R O C A I N. That is correct. Congratulations. And the balloons fall and the confetti comes down from above. Her dad goes running up to the stage and gives her a big hug. What a great moment. Anya, this is yours. Congratulations. You're the 2017 champion. Ananya. Nice. Big trophy. She gets a uh, United States government savings bond worth $2,500. And she also got $45,000 in cash rooney not a bad deal. I'm sorry, $40,000 in cash, $2,500 savings bond, and a large collection of reference books that I would pretty much guess she's got at home already. I'm kind of betting this kid has a lot of books at home. 12 years old, she was the youngest finalist ever. And she really didn't react too much. It was like, yeah, no big deal. Now, uh, Rajiv Rohan, the 14-year-old, he's in eighth grade, uh, he didn't do too badly either. Uh, he picked up thirty grand for his work. Not bad for a kid. <laughs> 14-year-old. What would your 14-year-old put on his, his taxes this year? Well, he hauled in about thirty grand. Moments like this make me feel good. Moments like this make me see kids who are happy to learn, proud to learn, and, and they just, uh, they're, they're not... They're not riding the couch playing the video games. They probably do have some video game time, but I'm betting these kids and the kids like little Edith, Edith Fuller, they're going to take good care of this country, and it makes me feel good. Michael Pelka stepping aside. When we get back, do I get to the dumb news or do I get to the dumber news? Burger, Burger King caught up in a little scandal. I'll share it with you next. I'm Pure Opelka. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. Lots going on today. Uh, There is a press conference going on, but it's pretty much the same thing. The press demanding uh, Scott Pruitt of the EPA answer the question, does Trump believe in global warming, climate change, man-made, yada, yada, yada? And he's not really answering it. It's going on and on and on. But he did say human, human activity contributes, which is the right thing to say. Human activity contributes. Are we, are we making a massive impact? I don't believe so. 
that cow that you get your beef from has a bigger impact than your car. And for all of those who, um, the, the Elon Musks, and uh, who's the other? Oh, 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 Bob Iger from Disney. Those guys who, who screamed, we're no longer going to be part of the president's economic council. You guys? Yeah, you're, you're idiots. I know you make a bazillion dollars more than me and Elon Musk. I happen to love your cars and I want the Tesla S. But for you to say you are not going to be there on the president's economic council because he pulled out of this climate change accord while you get on your private jet and create a bigger carbon footprint in one flight than I will create for this entire year. You're a hypocrite, sir. You, Leonardo DiCaprio, the same. All of you cats who claim to care about the climate and then fly your private jets halfway around the world to go have dinner with George Clooney, you're full of crap. So stop it. Live the life you want all of us to live, or don't force it down our throats, you Mercedes Maoists. It's terrible. Anyway, the Burger King's in trouble. The Burger King. Big, tru big trouble for the Burger King. Well, they, they almost launched an ad campaign in Brussels where there's a king already, you see. The, um, the Burger King chain had a new ad campaign that was going to ask the burger enthusiasts in Belgium to crown, yes, using the term crown, the fast food giant as the true ruler of their country. It was a stunt. Somebody here in an American ad agency said, hey, dude, you know, it would be great if um, like Belgium has a king, right? So we would take Burger King to Belgium and we'll get the people there to crown the Burger King, the real king. The ad was online. And... Um, it also made note that King Philip was crowned in 2013 and that Burger King had opened up in Belgium just this month. And the ad said, two kings, one crown. Who will rule? Vote now. So you were, you were able to click on the image that you wanted to make the king of Belgium. There was that goofy Burger King king, that scary head that appears in the commercials and at the Super Bowl, or there was the current king. And if you dared to click on the face of the current king of Belgium, the screen wouldn't say, thanks for voting. It would immediately say, are you sure he won't cook you fries? The king, the king caught wind of this. The king's people said, uh, we're not real keen on this. We are not happy you're using an image of the king in this campaign to start with. A spokesman for Burger Brands of Belgium said the company said, you know what, on second thought, we're just going to take that ad down. We're just going to go with something different. And uh, they've changed it. The ad still says there's no room for two kings in Belgium. I wonder how well this is going to go over. I don't know how loyal the people are to their king.
We'll see. Uh, still got more to go. Uh, New York City School had a talent show with the parents and the faculty. Yeah. Something really bizarre happened. I'll explain next. This is Pure Pelka with Mike Pelka on the Blaze Radio Network. This is Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back. Welcome back. Third hour of the show. And uh, <laughs> I'm almost afraid to open up my notebook and spin the wheel of stories to see what we have to hit in this last hour. It could... It could be funny, it could be tear-jerking, it could be irritating as all hell. Do I want to go to New York and give you this story? Do you want to hear what's going on? I, I'm happy to say that officially, as of last month, we don't own property in New York City. I'm happy, happy to say that we'll no longer be putting money into the New York City schools and uh, into the New York City coffers for Mayor Mayor Warren Wilhelm. I know, I know. It's a different name on his nameplate, but he was born Warren Wilhelm. He made himself Bill de Blasio in order to be more politically friendly. Everything the guy does is uh, geared towards some sort of focus group test to make sure what would work better with the voters. But I'm so happy not to have my money going to New York City. We haven't been paying income tax there forever because we haven't lived in New York for six years. But we still had property there until just last month. So I'm, I'm dusting off my hands. No mas. So when I read the story about what happened at a school in, in New York City at the Public School Learning Expo, which was held just two weeks ago, two weeks ago, families gathered for a public school talent show. Yeah, you know, these things happen where the teachers and the parents and the kids all get together and they have some fun together. And it's kind of like building uh, better relationships with the parents and the teachers and maybe the kids. Everybody gets to know each other a little bit better. And that's what was going on. They had a, a, a big night, a big night for Manhattan School District 4 to show off what they'd been learning in school. How about that? It was a two-hour event, and the parents and the kids and the teachers, kids as young as five, Kids as young as five years old were there. And um, something kind of happened that has left a bunch of parents asking questions. Has a bunch of parents uh, demanding uh, both disciplinary action and apologies. And as of yet, the, the school is declining comment. The district, the school district is uh, saying we're not going to comment either. The officials um, said they haven't faced any disciplinary action over the performance. 
but they have admitted it was inappropriate and they've spoken to the person responsible. Now, you're probably wondering what could be inappropriate at a kid's talent show being put on by parents and teachers, right? Well, one of the parents, a man identified as the Parent Association President from Public School 96, PS 96, to those of you in the New York City region, uh, this, this guy, Frankie Quinones, came out on the stage uh, in drag. And remember, there were kids as young as five there. But there's uh, Mr. Quinones that everybody knows is in charge of the Parent Association. And that means he's got a kid in the school, too. Uh, had um, had the wig, had kind of uh, some sort of tights on and a mini skirt, and was doing a drag performance to the Puerto Rican music sensation Iris Chacon. According to people who were there in attendance who witnessed uh, Quinones in the black sequin dress and the flaming red wig, performing what's been described as a raunchy drag number in which he was grinding against the stage and ended up on the floor with his legs spread. According to one parent, people were horrified. Raquel Morales was there with her, her son, a fifth grader. She said, it looked like a nightclub performance. I've been asking for an apology from the district all week and all they've been doing is ignoring it. There were 200 families in attendance. There were art exhibits and writing exhibits from schools all across the district. And parents, parents saw kids going on stage and playing the piano and drums and singing. And then out came the Parent Association President Frankie Quinones. It was introduced to the people as a special surprise performance, the final act of the night. And people heard the mom music. And then, as we said, the guy in drag, who apparently, according to reports that are now being issued by the New York press, Apparently, Mr. Quinones is a regular performing at drag clubs around the city and somehow thought that the moms and dads and the faculty and the kids, as young as five, would be entertained by this. When he first came out and the, and the mambo music was blaring and you saw the, the sequin dress and the big wig and the high heels... People laughed initially, and then they say it turned to dismay as Quinones opened his mouth and made suggestive movements with his tongue while lip-syncing the Chacon number, then dropped to the ground, writhing on the floor, rolling onto the back, spreading his legs and flashing the white tights he was wearing to the crowd. Parents apparently were grabbing their children by the hand and heading towards the exit. One 10-year-old reportedly told the press he was surprised. I saw her doing things like sticking her legs out and shaking her bottom. It felt weird, said the boy. I don't know why they would do that at an elementary school. Gee, this kid has better sense than the people who are running the PTA.
This kid has better sense than any of the administrators in the New York City schools. But this is what you get. This is what you get when you let progressives run everything. Again, no comment from the school. No discipline. This is the guy who's in charge of the entire parent association for PS96. I'm sure there's some video somewhere. I'm sure we're going to be seeing this pretty soon. But it apparently sit, it sat for a while because the school was trying to keep it quiet. And the parents were just trying to get, trying to get some sort of an apology. And they don't have it yet. I'm guessing we're going to see more on this. Stay tuned. Now, in the uh, other area, speaking of uh, gender bending, etc., and and gender issues, today Wonder Woman is opening in theaters, and I know a lot of you are big fans of the um, of the comic book movies. I'm not so much. I did see Deadpool, and I was going to walk out about 20 minutes into it, and I said, "You know what? I'm going to hang on and watch it." And Deadpool turned out to be a surprise to me. I actually enjoyed it. I laughed. I cried. It was a lot like life. Uh, Very entertaining. Very entertaining movie. But now, this, uh, this question about Wonder Woman that's floating out there. It's getting three stars in the New York Post today. Sarah Stewart liked it. There are a lot of people who are saying, what happened to the American part of Wonder Woman? If you remember the TV series, Wonder Woman had uh, red, white, and blue. The stars, the stripes were there. Not exactly wearing a flag, but it it looked like something Evil Knievel would have made his wife wear. And so this one doesn't really have any country association to it. And I think that's really, I don't think that's an intentional thing. I think that's just the studio saying, we don't, we don't want to make this about a country. We want to make this about the woman, the character. And we also want to be able to put it on screens all around the world. It used to be about making a movie for America. And now it's about making a movie that's going to be a hit in China, Japan, uh, all over Europe. And so that's, that's why. But the big question... Where do you stand on this? And maybe that's the question of, of the day. We haven't had a vital question of the day. Where do you stand on the women-only screenings of Wonder Woman? Do you think this is a good idea? A bad idea? I've thought about it, and I've thought, well, you know, why not? Why can't you have a screening just for the girls? Why can't you have a screening of something just for the boys would be the next question, Right. Well, you can't have a screening just for the boys because you'd be excluding the women. Exactly. Thank you for making my point. What if we said, um, what, what if Wonder Woman was played by a woman of color? What if Wonder Woman was of African-American descent? Would it be okay then to say we're just going to have black female only attendees in certain screenings? Does that make any sense? What if it was a Latina? What if it was Jennifer Lopez cast as Wonder Woman? Would that be okay to say we're only allowing female Latinas to attend the screenings of Wonder Woman? Would you, would you support that? What are we doing? 
Are we just separating ourselves so that we can live in our own little igloos of ignorance? It certainly feels that way. I remember back in 19, I think it was either 89 or 90, when Spike Lee came out with Malcolm X. And there was great tension in New York City. It was a really a rough time in New York. We were still going through the, the times when there were five to six murders a day in New York City. There was racial tension. Thank you, Al Sharpton. And the city was on edge. And Spike Lee was coming out with this movie about Malcolm X. And I thought people were really driving a wedge between all of the races in New York with all of the banter about this movie. And so I actually proposed that we have a screening at Radio City Music Hall, which is uh, one of the more incredible places to see a movie. It holds 5,000 people. And I wanted to give away tickets on the radio where if you won the tickets you would have to bring a person of a different race. If you were a white person, you needed to bring a black or a brown person or a, a person who might have been Asian. And, and if you were a black person, I wanted to see someone other than a black person with you. I thought it would have been a great idea. Radio City Music Hall was a little too nervous about it, so it never happened. But now I find us back here almost 30 years later, and we're, we're going through the same thing now. We're going to have separate screenings. Does it make any sense? That's today's vital question. Do, does it make any sense? Is the, is the women-only screening of Wonder Woman a good idea? Or, you, or do you just not care? I think it's kind of like creeping Sharia, those people who talk about this kind of cultural change slipping in. I have more proof that, that this kind of separation is going on, and I'll share it with you after the break. Mike Opelka on Pure Opelka. We'll be right back. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-803-6951. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. The question of the day, the vital question is up, and some of you are already responding. We're talking about Wonder Woman and some of these theaters that are offering women-only screenings. First of all, where are the gender people? What if you're identifying as a woman that day? Can't you go into the screening? These are the problems with creating 97 genders. Yes, it's, it's a sidebar to the original question, but it's a question I would like answered nonetheless. But there are places that are offering women-only screening, girls-only screenings of 
Wonder Woman, the movie that opens today. And by all accounts, it's it, wow. I, I was pretty impressed by by the um, by the preview I saw the other night before I killed JFK. It was a, a long preview. It looks pretty action packed. The woman playing Wonder Woman, uh, very uh, very captivating. The Amazon warrior princess. She's an Israeli actress, and I don't know how to correctly pronounce her name. It it looks like Gal Gadot, but I have no idea if I'm saying that right or not. But uh, the movie looks good if you're into that kind of movie. But the question is, uh, where do we stand on on these screenings? Do you want to do you want to uh, see more of these kinds of screenings happening? Is it, is it something that makes sense? So currently in the vital question department, 40% of you on the initial voting, which is very, very early, say, I'm for it, girl power. 40% say, no, no, no. And, 40, and 20% say, I can't decide. Someone mentioned I should have added an I don't care section, <laughs> which is kind of fun for a Friday. Right, the old I don't care. Really, I don't care. It's all right. Uh, Dr. Herb Nerbler has responded, if a private business wants to do it, then they should be able to. Well, yes, but denying someone entrance to a screening based on their gender could be considered in some states a crime. You know, we're having these issues now where the Boy Scouts have to let in the girls. And I guess the Girl Scouts have to let in the boys. But now in the female-only screenings of Wonder Woman, do we have to let in men who demand access? Or what if they just identify as a man that day? And if we wanted to have a boys-only screening of this, and maybe a place where you'll hear a lot of inappropriate comments, do you think there would be a backlash? Of course there would be. TMB Saddle Tramp, which <laughs> I assume is TMB is the Morning Blaze, a fan of the program with Doc Thompson and his uh, seven dwarves, uh, says that uh, the actress is Israeli. Shouldn't only Jewish people watch the movie? Hashtag social justice. First of all, not everybody in Israel is Jewish, just for the record, but uh, something to consider. So, uh, I, I want to know where you guys stand. Sergeant Awesome was the one who said you need the I don't care section. Thank you, Sergeant Awesome. You are always there for us. We appreciate you. If you want to voice a, a thought on this, happy to hear from you. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three eight 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 nine zero zero three three nine three. It's an interesting question, is it? Isn't it? Especially as we are now seeing. Uh, more demands like the universities that are demanding or, or being demanded by students to provide dormitories just for people of color. There's a school in Illinois that has asked for 50 demands from the students, 50 demands the students asked for, and they wanted dormitories for people of color. They wanted classrooms that only allowed uh, black students to attend certain classes. What are we doing? And on top of it, we now have more colleges hope, holding separate commencements 
which they are claiming they are celebrating diversity. Does anyone get the the Orwellian irony here of creating separate commencements for people of different colors and calling it a celebration of diversity? Has everybody lost their sense of reality and honesty? Stop it. Stop it. You know who you are, Emory and Henry College. Inclusion and diversity. My butt. I gotta take a break. We'll be right back. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Been a busy day here on this Friday. And I have to remind you, please, please don't delay. If you have any kind of chronic pain, check out Relief Factor. It's two words that changed my life, that made me more active, that got me back in the game. I'm able to walk more. I'm able to play more golf. I'm able to do more work in the garden. Yeah, that one's not exactly the bonus, but uh, what can you say? It's a trade-off. And it all started because uh, Doc Thompson was saying, you know, we have this client relief factor. I started using it, and it's working. And I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. Shut up, Thompson. And he goes, no, 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 no. You're always griping about your knees, which I was. And um, because I was jealous, he'd been running. And I haven't been able to run in a while because the last couple of years, my knees are killing me. I thought about getting knee replacement surgery. I talked to doctors about it. And then along comes Thompson with this relief factor, all natural. It's an anti-inflammatory. I take it at breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And it's pre-packaged, all set to go. I got the three-week quick start pack. It was $19.95. Three weeks, quick start, $19.95. I saw results on the eighth day. Most people, seven days, 10 days, somewhere in there. Call them, 800-500-8384. The number is 800-500-8384. It is relieffactor.com if you want to get more information. I was taking a handful of those green gel caps that are for pain relief and inflammation every day. I am now 11 weeks since I've taken anything except relief factor, just relief factor. Don't wait, don't delay. Get the three-week quick start pack for 1995. Relief factor, 800-500-8384. Boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh. A lot of people, a lot of people talking about the Kathy Griffin story uh, because Kathy Griffin had a press conference when we started this show And uh, Ms. Griffin still apparently stinging from the reaction, the blowback, the the response from the free marketplace to 
what she did with a severed head of the president, thinking it was an edgy piece of comedy and or art. So now she has lost the CNN gig, lost the Squatty Potty gig, lost the New Mexico casino gig. She said she's lost somewhere in the area of five, five contracts that have said, sorry, we don't want to be in the Kathy Griffin business. And despite the fact that she did this freely, despite the fact that nobody held a gun to her head, despite the fact that she also indicated after the election and before the year was out, before the president was sworn in, she indicated she was going to go after him with everything she had. She indicated that it was the right thing to do. She she said that, that this was not just Trump who had to be taken on, but she also referenced his son, Barron. And you know what? She doesn't seem to really be upset about that. What it sounds like Kathy Griffin is upset about most is losing business. And she's a businesswoman, so one would, one would expect that to happen. One would expect her to, to lose business if she had something that was negatively uh, put out there about her. And at this, at this point, she did it to herself. There is a statement that she made to a, a group of people that were gathered in that the press that were gathered in the offices of uh, Ms. Bloom. So I, I want to give you a little bit of this. And she gets very emotional here. I, I don't know if it's uh, some of this seems to be crocodile tears to me. But I, I don't think you can blame Donald Trump for what happened to you. I don't think it's really fair. This is a little snip from the, the press conference earlier today. That they do. Um, I Like I said, it's quite clear to me that um, they're trying to use me as a distraction. And um, I'm not going to be collateral damage for this fool. So she just called the president a fool. And she's trying to say that the administration's using her as collateral damage. Um, do you think the left-leaning media would keep this in focus as sharply as they have if, if it meant taking the heat off Donald Trump? They have done everything they can to make the Russia investigation the hottest thing on the planet. They've done everything they can do to keep the outrage over the climate accord that we just pulled out of super hot too. Why would they keep you as a distraction? You, you are making yourself the center of attention here. And that's exactly what you've always wanted. Your whole career has been about being an A-lister. You made that your mantra. I'm a D-list celebrity who just wants to get close to A-listers. Well, now, guess what? You're an A-lister. Almost 10 years of New Year's Eves, very successful. Now, suddenly all gone because an A-lister crossed the line. I'm all for free speech, but I also understand that there are consequences to actions and you can't blame someone else. This blame storming goes on. Here she goes. I think he's a fool. So I'm going to say I think the president we're sort of is a fool. going so around this way. So 
You know, I can say that. Do you have fear for your career after this storm goes down? Absolutely. I don't think I will have a career after this. I think he, I think he, I think he, I'm going to be honest, he broke me. He broke me. He broke me. And then I was like, no, this isn't right. It's just not right. And I apologized because that was the right thing to do and I meant it. And then... I saw the tide turning and I saw what they were doing and I went, oh, okay, they're trying to spin this and they're making it about Baron and obviously that was never my intent. I would never want to hurt anyone, much less a child, but I saw... Wait, wait a minute. I would never want to hurt anyone, much less a child. You were the one who said, I'm going after Baron. You can't have it both ways, madam. You can't tell the world you're going after Trump. You called him President S, President Shizzle, President Shaving Cream. I can't use the word you used twice to describe him. And you said you were going after his son at the time who was 10 years old. And now you're saying that they're making it about Barron when you're the one who made it about Barron. Donald Trump didn't break you. You were broken by yourself. And the fact that people have decided they don't want to be in the Kathy Griffin business is just, it's tough, isn't it? It's very tough. But you made this bed. This is all you're doing. I can't believe she said that phrase. I want to go back to that. She talks about Donald Trump breaking her and this, this crocodile tears moment. Uh, I, you know, I don't, I don't accept this one. He broke me. He broke me. And then I was like, no, this isn't right. It's just not right. And I apologized because that was the right thing to do and I meant it. And then I saw the tide turning and I saw what they were doing. And I went, oh, okay, they're trying to spin this and they're making it about Baron. And obviously that was never my intent. I would never want to hurt anyone, much less a child. But I started to see what was really happening. And then it was a mob mentality pylon. And so many people have expressed to me personally across the country at my shows, they're scared. So, yeah, I don't know what's, I don't know if I'm going to get arrested today. I don't know. What do you but think I have to stand up. Excuse Interesting how she'll cry and then someone will say something she doesn't understand and it's pretty clear. Excuse me? This... It's unfortunate, Kathy Griffin, that your career will probably get a timeout. Do I think her career is over? No, not in the least. You got to remember, there's still a gigantic group of people who who are huge fans of the left and Hillary Clinton. Look at all you have to do is look at what happened to MSNBC's ratings and look at what happened to Stephen Colbert's ratings. Kathy Griffin just won the liberal lottery. Kathy Griffin has just hit the jackpot. If she wants, I'm sure CBS will find a spot for her in late night. If she wants, if she has the ability to do a show every single night, I'm sure MSNBC would gladly bump one of the failing programs they have and give her a spot. Maybe a weekend slot. It's, it's so obvious what's happened. There is a polarization going on in the audiences in America. 
And those who are on the uber, uber left have gone over to Stephen Colbert and have gone over to MSNBC and they are supporting them. That's how the free market works. You're not done, Kathy Griffin. And not that you need me to console you, but if you were to open your eyes and be honest about it and not make up these stories, you could get on with your career. Embrace your hate, Kathy. You did in December, and if you really, really believe what you said in December and you want to go with that, just go to one of the places that will happily turn your hate into a real product and sell it to the American left-leaning audiences. MSNBC awaits. CBS Late Night awaits. Don't cry, Kathy Griffin. And don't anybody cry for Kathy Griffin either. Donald Trump didn't break you. You broke yourself. We'll be right back. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Part of the next generation of talk radio on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back. We're almost out of here. Chris Salcedo, the liberty-loving Latino, is in the wings. I I really need to call him out when I'm in Dallas. He was ranking on me and my impressions. We might have to have a little impression competition between the liberty-loving Latino and myself. Before I get out of here, a couple more things. First of all, to all of you who voted on the Wonder Woman screening question and the vital questions, uh, thank you. Keep voting. Tomorrow morning, we'll update it again on the Saturday morning edition of Pure Opelka. Currently, 29% are for it. 59% say no. And 12% cannot decide. So it's, it's still very early in the voting. Although Emily Zanotti who's busy working today. I was trying to get her to join us. Emily wrote in and said, can I just, can I just say I don't care? Can we get that? So I should have added that I don't care option. Thank you, uh, Emily, for hanging out and listening. Um, there, there are some other things out there, bigger tragedies, I think, than the Kathy Griffin career, which I don't think it's over. I think it's just a timeout. And it's unfortunate that anybody's mouth will get them fired. But, you know, there are there are limits. I know she said, my job is to find the line and move it and then step over it and then move it and then step. Yeah, that's fine. But you also have to accept the the bad that comes with all the good that you've gotten over the years. Nobody goes up on that straight line rocket to the sky without eventually having gravity come and get them. Case in point, the sad videos we've seen in the last few days involving one Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods was a guy that as a golfer, we all watched and marveled. And then we saw him slowly, slowly deteriorate after the announcement of his his peccadillos, his infidelities. And Tiger then had bigger problems than bigger demons that chased him and it's just sad to see that 
the Tiger Woods on those videos from the police dash cam to the police station are now everywhere. And that's the Tiger Woods that so many people are going to remember, not the guy who was rapidly approaching one of the all-time great records in sports, and that was Jack Nicklaus's record of most major tournament victories. Tiger was expected to have crushed that 10 years ago. And then the incident with his wife and the car crashing into the tree and the seven iron and all that stuff that ultimately undid his marriage and his career. And the guy had every gift you could get from the gods when it came to golf. And now he looks like a guy who's just got demons chasing him. To watch him go through the breathalyzer at the police station was heartbreaking. To watch the cops handcuff him and walk him back to the car, heartbreaking. But it's also not the end. And I think that's the interesting reality. Tiger Woods just had the same surgery that uh, won a Super Bowl for a guy that most people had considered washed up, Mr. Manning. So maybe Tiger Woods can come back. Maybe he can beat these demons. Maybe he can have another shot. It's very unlikely. But then again, nobody thought Mr. Manning would lead the Broncos to the Super Bowl championship. And yet he did. Same surgery. And they don't hit people in golf the way they do in football. Good luck to you, Tiger. I hope it comes back to you. And we'll be back at 6 a.m. tomorrow right here on the Blaze Radio Network. Testudo, my friends. Testudo. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.